Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Basket. My name is Brandon Muting, I am your host, and we just got done with the national championship game between the Baylor Bears and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And let's just say that game was very underwhelming to say the least, but we'll crack more into that here in a bit. We are also going to be looking at some 2021 recruiting for these colleges and see, you know what? What schools do you think are going to be pretty good next year? Are the Blue Bloods going to be back in their system? Or are new teams just going to start dominating the landscape of college basketball? And now, like I said last week, we're also going to be taking a look at some mock drafts in the NBA draft. Today, I'm looking at 24-7 sports mock draft. I'm going to kind of see if I agree with it. This is probably as far as we're ever going to go into the NBA and the podcast is when it comes to drafts. Or even maybe taking a look at some, you know, old college athletes or their rookie season in their first year in the NBA. But you know what? Let's start the podcast with the championship game between Baylor and Gonzaga. And the first thing I want to say is I was very disappointed in the game. I was expecting it to be down to the wire. I wasn't expecting Gonzaga to win, but I wasn't also ex- exactly expecting them to get you know, lose by, what was it, 17, 18, 20 points around that uh, point frame there, they lost by a lot. And for a team who's been so dominant this season, first of all, in the West Coast Conference, which you could make an argument for is the weakest conference or one of the weakest conferences, but then yet when it came to their non-conference games, they beat teams like Iowa, they beat teams like Kansas, Virginia, And then when it came to the March Madness tournament, they knocked off Oklahoma, they knocked off Creighton, they knocked off USC, they knocked off the Cinderella UCLA, and then just lost it in the championship game, and now their perfect season came to a stop. But I will say this, congratulations to the Baylor Bears for winning their first national championship, and head coach Scott Drew, I am aware that Juwan Morgan, I believe, got AP Coach of the Year, and then Mark Few actually got Coach of the Year. I thought it belonged to Scott Drew. Just because Baylor's in the Big 12, they have a tough schedule, and they've been, I think they only lost twice, and that's not bad. That's actually really, really good for Baylor, so I think it should have went to Scott Drew of Baylor, and I think bigger things are coming for the Bears in future seasons, but the fact that they won their first national championship was awesome. I just wasn't expecting it to be that easy of a game. Gonzaga could just not get anything rolling on the offense or defensive end. Jalen Suggs, um, Corey Kispert, and Drew Timmy just didn't get much done in that game. And I believe even in the second half, Drew Timmy had to lie down courtside because it looked like he pulled a muscle in his calf or something. But you know what? I'm going to say this. Gonzaga has a very good sportsmanship. You know what? Instead of... Because I think everybody thought Gonzaga was like the cocky team. But in reality, like after they lost to Baylor, they like all grouped up. They all like talked to each other. And that's just what a basketball team does. Or you could even say a basketball family does in this kind of nature. And I think the saddest thing was, I believe it was Jalen Suggs. Correct me if I'm wrong. He was in like the locker room frame area. So like you could still see him from the court and he was crying and kind of a sad sight to see. But to say the less, 
Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, the whole Bears team played amazing, and they deserved that national championship. I just was expecting a lot closer of a game, so it a very disappointing national championship game, to say the less, um, but still a good game. And if you guys haven't already checked it out, I actually made a new blog about the 10 most exciting games from this March Madness season. And I'm going to give you a hint, Gonzaga and Baylor didn't even make the top 10 because I thought the game was pretty disappointing. But maybe one of the final four games are definitely in that list. So you'll have to check it out. It is at beyondthebasketcollegehoops.blogspot.com. Go ahead and take a look. And I have a few other articles. And you know what? Let's talk about North Carolina real quick, too. Um, my expectation is that North Carolina was going to hire Wes Miller from USC Greensboro, which I didn't exactly agree with, but instead they went with their assistant head coach, Hubert Davis, which I thought was a phenomenal pickup and a phenomenal promotion for Hubert Davis. Oh my goodness for Hubert Davis as well. And actually next episode, I'm going to be talking about the coaching carousel. So I'm not going to dive too deep into this, but I just wanted to say that was the right move for the Tar Heel program to make. All right, now that we are done with the national championship game, the Baylor Bears won it. On to the next season. You know, it's crazy. If you're like a March Madness fan, as soon as the tournament ends, as soon as your bracket's busted, which mine was busted in the second round when Illinois lost to Loyola Chicago, you are looking at recruiting. You're looking at next year. You're looking at what your team's got for next year. And if you guys know me, I'm a huge Creighton Blue Jay fan. I'm not sure how they're going to do next season, but... Let's just look at recruiting in general. So, first of all, let's get this. The number one recruit in the 2021 class is Shet Holmgren, a center out of Minneapolis. And he's a five-star recruit. And everybody thinks Gonzaga is the easy one. And I've watched some film, I've watched some highlights on Shet Holmgren, and I 100% agree. I think Gonzaga is going to be his clear-cut favorite. It sounds like he's um, thinking about Michigan, which... I could also see, but Hunter Dickinson is also there, so I don't know if he'll go there. Minnesota, you know, I know he's considering Minnesota, but, you know, I just, I don't see a recruit like Shet Holmgren going to Minnesota, and that's no insult towards Minnesota, but Minnesota's not a top-tier basketball team right now. Michigan and Ohio State, who is also offered um, Shet Holmgren a offer, and with the loss of EJ Liddell and Dwayne Washington, Ohio State's going to need someone like Shet Holmgren. It seems like Gonzaga is going to be the obvious favorite. And I'm looking at some of his other offers. He did get an offer from Duke, USC, Texas, Purdue, Missouri, Maryland, Kansas, Illinois, Iowa, Florida State, Baylor. But it looks like his top four is Gonzaga, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State. And it looks like he was considering Memphis and North Carolina but it doesn't sound like those are his tops anymore. So if I were to make a recruiting prediction, I would say Gonzaga, and I think he fits Gonzaga's system the best. So if he goes to Gonzaga, first of all, he's joining Hunter Salas. Um, that's an amazing team, and Gonzaga's already losing Drew Timmy, Corey Kispert, um, Jay Elijah, and Jalen Suggs. Couldn't think of his name all of a sudden. Those guys are leaving, so Mark Few knows he needs to bring in these recruits to make sure Gonzaga stays at the top tier of the college basketball program. Now, if Shed Holmgren does go to Gonzaga, that's awesome. Looking at our number two recruit in the nation is Jaden Hardy, and he is actually expected to go to the G League. And now I'm going to give you my quick 
quick rundown on how I feel about the G League. I love the G League, and I love the fact that it gives players a second chance if they aren't good enough to make it to the NBA. But what I don't like about the G League is that players players can choose to go to the G League rather than college because there's a few things. Number one, it takes their education away. Uh, if you're going to the G League, you're not going to college. And if you fail in the NBA, you're going to have to go back to college. And guess what? You're not going to have that scholarship or that, yeah, that free ride scholarship, or at least athletically talking. And so that's that's the number one thing I don't like about it. The second thing is like that kind of takes away from college basketball. And college basketball is one of the most exciting sports, in my opinion, to watch. And to see the G League take that away is a little weird. And like when you watch the NBA draft this year, you're going to see like, Oh, what college did they come from? Well, they didn't come from a college. They came from the G League. And so you're you're a high school. You just graduated from high school, and you're playing in a G League with college players who weren't good enough to make the NBA with, when you know you can make the NBA in, in a one-and-done season in college. That is just my personal opinion. Like I said, I love that the fact that the G League gives college players a second chance if they were to get dropped by an NBA team or they just didn't make it to the NBA. I love that idea. Just don't like the fact that it takes away from college basketball. But anyways, Jaden Hardy, like I said, he is looking to go to the G League, but he does have some, uh, looks like he does have some colleges that he's thinking about. So it looks like the three that they are out to look at is Kentucky, which they definitely need. Um, John Calipari definitely needs to rebuild the Wildcat program after I think they only had like what was it, a win in their first six games, which is terrible. He could go to UCLA, who obviously ended their season amazingly as an 11 seed going to the Final Four, or join Daniel Altman and the Oregon Ducks. I haven't watched any tape on Jaden Hardy yet, so I'm not 100% sure what the best position for him is. I do know Oregon is really good at developing guards. Kentucky is more good at developing big men. UCLA is always good at developing guards. So if I'm just looking at a program standpoint for his position, I would pick UCLA. Um, some other schools that he's looked at but not like into, that's Arizona, Arizona State, Georgetown, Georgia, Illinois, Memphis, Michigan, Texas Tech, Alabama, and Kansas. And then there's a few offers that it looks like he's not even considering, like Oklahoma, San Diego State, USC, Michigan State, Ohio State. Doesn't look like he's really looking into that, but it does sound like he is going to the G League. But who knows? Maybe he switches it around and says, hey, I am committing to UCLA, Oregon, Kentucky, whatever works. All right, so then we actually go down to the fourth recruit, and that is Patrick Baldwin Jr. And it looks like he's kind of in between two schools, and they are two completely different schools. That is Wisconsin-Milwaukee and then the Duke Blue Devils. And those are the only two schools that it looks like where he's going to. Now, I have a lot of respect for the, those high school players that go to smaller schools because, number one, you want to be that player who kind of leads the team and kind of reminds me of Damian Lillard in Weber State, CJ McCollum, and Lehigh. You could go. You could go with a bunch of players. You could even say R.J. Hunter in Georgia State, for an example. But Wisconsin, Milwaukee, 
if you want to go there, you got to lead this team. And if you want to get on a national stage, you're going to have to make March Madness. And it looks like, according to 24-7 Sports, it looks like that's where he's going. Now, looking at the Duke program, Duke obviously needs some more recruits after kind of a disappointing couple seasons. And Patrick Baldwin Jr. seems like a Coach K kind of guy. And so if you watch his highlights, he has a system that Duke relates to. And Patrick Baldwin Jr. would have to change a couple things to fit it even more. But, you know, I think he would be a good fit for Duke. But it seems like he's going the Wisconsin-Milwaukee route in order to build that team. Some other colleges he's thought about is Georgetown, Kentucky, Michigan, North Carolina, Northwestern, UCLA, Virginia, and Wisconsin. Um, He's considered those. The other ones he hasn't really considered is Kansas, Iowa, Marquette, Missouri, USC. And, you know, it's... It's looking like he's going the Wisconsin-Milwaukee route. And like I said, I have a lot of respect for the players who choose to do that because not a whole lot of players will take that chance to not get on a national broadcast live station at all times. You know, if you're playing for Wisconsin-Milwaukee, you're not going to get on ESPN Fox Sports. You're going to get on one of those um, low-graded TV channels. But you know what? Sometimes you don't need that national attention. It takes the pressure off of you as a player. So, you know what? Whatever Patrick Baldwin picks, good news for him. All right, and now going all the way down to the 14th recruit is Michael Foster from Phoenix, Arizona. It looks like he is also going to join Jaden Hardy, Hardy excuse me, in the G League. It does look like, though, he is really considering Georgia, too. Looks like he visited there September 20th. The only thing is they already have four power forwards, and they already have a commit from that position. But Michael Foster is 15th in the nation, or 14th in the nation, excuse me. So if Michael Foster goes to Georgia, he could be the Anthony Edwards of Georgia. And so if he decides to go to the pro level, congratulations to him. That is 100% up to him. But Georgia is really the other team he's thinking about. The third college he's looking into, it looks like it's Florida State, but otherwise he hasn't really considered a whole lot of colleges. If I were to give advice to Michael Foster, you know me and my opinion on the G League, I would say go to Georgia. Um, Georgia is a program that needs some help. Obviously, Anthony Edwards left last year. He got drafted number one. Michael Foster could do the same thing for Georgia and maybe be a top 10 NBA pick in next year's draft. All right, and another one here is... Efton Reed, and it looks like there's not a whole lot of predictions for him, and I'm not 100% sure why. It looks like he's from Brandonton, Florida, and he plays the center position. It looks like he's considering Virginia, Florida State, NC State, and Ohio State. And we've all seen how Ohio State develops those bigs, so I feel like as a center, Ohio State's the best fit, but obviously it's hard to turn down Virginia and Florida State. NC State probably more a little easier to turn down in that right. But Efton Reed, there we go. 23rd recruit in the nation looking at those four colleges. And this next one's going to hurt for me to say. So Ty Ty Washington, 30 in the nation from Chandler, Arizona, actually committed to Creighton and then decommitted from Creighton. And now he's looking at some schools such as Arizona, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Oregon, and UCLA. And the reason why I'm upset about this is because he committed to Creighton. We were all excited, and 
I think we all know why he probably decommitted, but I'm not going to get into it. Now, looking at the five colleges he has, UCLA, Oregon, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Arizona, we've seen what Oklahoma State can do with guards. You saw Marcus Smart. You've seen Cade Cunningham this year. He's done amazing things. Kansas also has a good thing for guards. More shooting guards, though. And we talked about UCLA earlier in guards. If I were to give Ty Ty Washington a place, though, it actually might be Arizona. He's from Arizona. Um, Sean Miller did just get fired, so I'm not sure who they're going to pick up as their new coach. But if he wants to stay local, stay home, he already decommitted from a school. So why not stay in the same state and play for the Arizona Wildcats in the Pac-12? That is my prediction. I'm I'm still, you know, set back that he decommitted from Creighton. But you know what? It is what it is, and it is his career. So congratulations for Ty Ty Washington in this year. And he's a four-star recruit. So big things for him coming there. Otherwise, those are in the guys who haven't committed to a program yet in the top 50. Next week, we're going to be looking at um, the next 50, like who hasn't committed and from there. And then we'll be kind of taking a deeper look into the teams that did really well in recruiting in the offseason. Now, we are going to be taking a look at the NBA draft. So if you want nothing to do with the NBA at all, this is your place to stop. But... The only reason I love talking about the NBA draft is, first of all, every once in a while, I would like watching the NBA, but like you get to see the college players who dominated in the season to go into the NBA and kind of see they're they're facing guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, guys like that. So, according to twenty four or sorry, according to CBS, they're giving the Rockets the first pick. Now. The Houston Rockets are in rebuild mode. They went from having Russell Westbrook to Chris Paul to having John Wall now. They lost Victor Oladipo to a trade. They are in complete rebuild mode. And if they were to have the first pick, they CBS is predicting Cade Cunningham. And this is why I disagree with this. If it was any other team, if it was the Pistons, the Magic, um, the Thunder, the nah, maybe not the Wizards, the Cavaliers, I would 100% agree Cade Cunningham being the top pick. But Houston already has John Wall, and we know what John Wall is capable of. They need to get back to that big man mentality. After they lost Dwight Howard, they had someone like Clint Capella to look to, but Clint Capella no longer plays there. So I think they should take Evan Mobley from USC, and I know that's a surprise to some people, but in a Houston Rocket perspective, you don't need another guard if you have somebody like John Wall. And yes, Cade Cunningham and John Wall can probably coexist and play really well, but if the Rockets truly have the first pick, then I think Evan Mobley should go there instead. Like I said, they need a big man in Houston. And then taking a look at the second pick, it would go to the Detroit Pistons. And CBS had the Detroit Pistons taking Evan Mobley. And this is where I would have Cade Cunningham go. Now, I completely understand why they would have Evan Mobley going here. First of all, they have not really had a solid big man since Andre Drummond left there. Um, They've had Thon Maker, but he's just not the guy for Detroit. And Evan Mobley would be a perfect guy. But if I have him going first, I can't have him going second as well. 
And that's where I pick Cade Cunningham to go. Yes, Derrick Rose is there, but he is not the same Derrick Rose that we saw in the Chicago era for him. Yes, he does have a few games where he goes off for like 20 or 30 points, and that's amazing, and I love Derrick Rose. I'm a huge fan of him. But Cade Cunningham needs to be the future stone for the Detroit franchise to get them back in the playoffs because they've been in – they haven't really done much um, in the last decade. I think they made one or two postseason you know, runs, but I'm not going to even call them runs because they lost in the first round, and that's when they had Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin went to Brooklyn, which is a whole other aspect of the NBA right now. Um, so I would have Cade Cunningham go to Detroit. No, you're not going to get results right away, but you're going to get results in the future. If you get Cade Cunningham and if you keep him, do not trade him. Keep Cade Cunningham. Now, the third pick, they have Jalen Suggs going to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I got to agree with this pick. The only thing that doubts this pick is that Anthony Edwards is also a guard. So could you move Jalen Suggs or Anthony Edwards you know what? I'm going to take this pick back. I don't agree with this. <laughs> I think they shouldn't get Jalen Suggs. They should get Jonathan Kuminga, who's actually playing in the G League right now. And the reason why I say this is because he's more of a familiar face to the NBA than Jalen Suggs. And you're probably like, no, Jalen Suggs is very familiar, played for Gonzaga, almost had an undefeated season. But you got to remember, the good thing for the G League for these players is that they get more of a familiar face with the scouts, the head coaches, the staff. So if he's a top five pick, then he could be the top three pick. And the Timberwolves don't want to take anything away from Anthony Edwards. So that's when you get Jonathan Kuminga and you take him from there. And so that brings me to my fourth pick being the Orlando Magic. They have them taking Jalen Green. I'm going to have them taking Jalen Suggs. So the Orlando Magic get a guy like Jalen Suggs. And the, the problem with the Orlando franchise, in my opinion, is that they keep getting good players and then they're trading them off or they're not treating them as well as they should be. And if you need examples, Victor Oladipo, I thought them getting rid of Victor Oladipo was one of the worst things they can do because Victor Oladipo is doing amazing things now. They, um, Aaron Gordon had problems with them this year. Now he's on the Denver Nuggets. I know Aaron Gordon was there for a good part of his career, but not great. Nikola Vukovic is also out of there. The only guys they really have right now is Markel Fultz, and he was a bust in his draft, and, you know, he's developing better, but he's not going to be the Victor Oladipo you needed a few seasons ago. And now if you get Jalen Suggs here, then Jalen Suggs could do something for you. Just don't do anything stupid. Don't trade him away. Otherwise, you're never going to get back to that postseason basketball. Now with the fifth pick is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, if there is one franchise I have a lot of respect for, it is the Thunder. They knew as soon as they lost Westbrook, they lost Durant, they lost Serge Ibaka. They knew they were going to have to hit rebuild mode, and they traded their players to get some future picks. And obviously I think in the next two or three or maybe even four seasons, they're not going to be a good team. But after that, they're going to be a young dominant team. And that's a scary thing. If they're young and they're dominating now, they could be in the championship game for the next five to seven years. And that's crazy to think about. The question is, is who does Oklahoma City take with that pick? And I'm going to have them taking Jalen Green who is also from the G League. They have someone like Shy Gilgis Alexander. And yes, they have somebody guy named, I believe it's Leguetz Dort. And 
he seems like a good guard, but I think he's more of a backup guard. And I think Jalen Green could be the main frame guy, the starting five guy in that position rather than Luguetz Dort. I think he could be a good role player maybe, but like I said, I don't watch a whole lot of NBA, so I, so maybe that's a little different there. But Jalen Green could help Shai Gilgis-Alexander do something as guard positions. Now with the sixth pick, they're putting the Washington Wizards, and they have them taking Davion Mitchell, and I love Davion Mitchell, but you have someone like Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal already there, so that's why I'm like a little iffy on this pick. You want to create something that you know they're going to need. And you're going to need like a center. You're going to need a forward if you are the Wizards. So this is going to surprise some people. I'm going to have them taking Kai Jones from Texas. I know they have someone like Rui Hachimura. They got Denny Avija from last year's draft. But they just need to find like a big man to do something in the paint or to drive or just to play post-basketball. And Kai Jones proved that at Texas, so why not draft him to the Washington Wizards and be that big man for Washington? Because they have they have Russell Westbrook, they have Bradley Beal set, but now you need to get your centerpiece set, and in this case, I would have Kai Jones. Now with the seventh pick is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have taken James Buchnight, and I love James Buchnight, except I would rather pick Davion Mitchell over James Buchanite. James Buchanite brings a lot of intensity. Davion Mitchell brings the defensive matter. And Cleveland needs somebody who can replace Kyrie Irving, I guess I'm going to say. And they do have that one player from Alabama, and I can't think of the name off the top of my head right now. It's going to bother me, but... Um, they do already have a guard who can do that, but Davion Mitchell is more of the defensive kind of guy. And looking at the eighth pick, that belongs to the Toronto Raptors. There's been a lot of trade rumors surrounding Kyle Lowry, and I think that's where they get James Buchanite. Because if you want to get rid of Kyle Lowry, then you need to bring in another point guard to take a spot, and I think James Buchanite is a perfect replacement. Not a whole lot of conversation there. And then Magic get another pick at nine from trading with the Chicago Bulls. They're having them take on Keon Johnson, this is where, you know, I'm not 100% agreeing with them on that. So I'm going to actually have them take Corey Kispert. And that's going to surprise a lot of you. They're like, he might not even be a lottery pick. You're absolutely right. He might not be a lottery pick. But if you're having Jalen Suggs go there, might as well get Corey Kispert. You already know they have um, chemistry. You got rid of Aaron Gordon, who was a forward. Bring in Corey Kispert. You have the Orlando Magic set. You just took two big pieces from an almost undefeated Gonzaga team. And the last pick we're going to be doing for this mock draft, it looks like it's going to the Sacramento Kings. And I'm actually going to agree with the pick CBS has, and that is Scotty Barnes from Florida State. Sacramento has been lacking a forward for the last few years, and they need a solid one. Um, they've tried guards. They've tried Nick Stauskas. They've tried Ben McLemore. And... You know, I think this is where they take a forward and they go with it. Moses Moody is a close second, but they already have Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox, so the guard spot is already kind of taken up. But that'll do it for the NBA mock draft for this year. And next week, we're going to be taking a look at the coaching carousel and maybe more of the NBA mock draft. I'm trying to wait until the NBA season is over to like do my own mock draft and like my actual picks. These are just if the NBA draft were to happen now for those top 10 picks. Anyways, my name is Brandon Muting, and I will see you guys next week.